the Small Queendom Podcast, episode 30. back to the small queen of podcast and if you're new around here i'm leah graham the host we are all about making personal development fun and finding that emotional wholeness so your body your mind and your spirit can really help you move from surviving to thriving and curate that beautiful beautiful queendom today's episode is pretty nifty it's a very very valuable how to keep your house clean and tidy using a week schedule instead of batching all the work Saturday morning and then feeling horrible because you're so tired for the rest of the day. But before we get to my conversation with my friend Alyssa, I want to tell you about something I'm really excited about for February. So starting today uh, at the published date of this podcast through the month of February 2019, I wanted to pay it forward and particularly pay love forward. And so what I'm doing is for every review that you, my listener, leave for the Small Queen of Podcast over on iTunes, I am going to donate $5 for every review left to two of my favorite organizations. The first one is Love Does, and it was founded by Bob Goff, and basically they fight for human rights and providing education to children in conflict zones, um, and they've done this for 15 years, and their website just tells the most beautiful story of their work. And the second organization that I'm so proud to be able to pay some love forward to is Preemptive Love. Preemptive Love basically helps families in Iraq and Syria rebuild from the ashes of war. And they work together to unmake violence and really try to create a more beautiful world. They provide medical relief and money for very, very vital medical surgeries. Um, They also provide food and shelter, and they even provide job creation so families can start to rebuild their lives. Every time I look at the website, preemptivelove.org, my heart just beats a little, little bit stronger and tears come to my eyes from the amazing work that they're doing. I hope that you will check out both of these organizations. The link will be in the show notes. And so I really invite you, if you have not yet left the Small Queendom Podcast a review over on iTunes, I would love for you to do that in the month of February 2019. And for every review that is left over there, I will donate $5 in your honor to either Love Does or the Preemptive Love Coalition. Today's podcast is really fun. It's with my friend Alyssa Tony. You're going to hear about Alyssa and her background, but one thing I think is really important, sometimes in the social media world and in the podcast world, we expect to always hear from the experts. And sometimes the experts don't really have a huge platform and tons and tons of followers. When I wanted to talk to someone about how to keep a neat and tidy home and how to, you know, basically make that everyday housework not feel so hard and so daunting and something that you can actually do, I immediately thought of my friend Alyssa. In good news, we made a really cool freebie that you can print out for your fridge with the whole schedule and the checklist right on hand. You can look at it. You can print it over and over. You can print it one time. Make it what you need it to be. It will be in the show notes. It's free. Just click on the link 
and you will be able to download the freebie. So without further ado, let's get to Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Leah. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. You're welcome. I'm really excited to talk to you today about how to establish a cleaning schedule incorporating regular decluttering and maintaining a tidy and fresh home. And the reason I thought of you to interview you is because every time I come to your home, it's just put in order, it's neat and tidy, and yet you have little babes running around. So I'm like, I need to talk to this girl for my audience. Thank you. It's really not like this all the time. There are times when it is chaos <laughs> and it looks like a hurricane ran through my house and her name is Landry. Oh. She's really good at destroying things. Um, but yes, I do my very best to keep things in order because that makes me feel calm and happy and overall keeps my home working smoothly. I completely agree. When my space is tidy and freshened and the clutter is gone, I do feel like this overwhelming feeling of peace and almost like productivity. Like I can do other things. Yes, so much so. Like I cannot, I feel like I do not sleep as good at night if I know that there are dishes in my sink. I agree. I don't either. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So before we totally get into cleaning, tell us a little bit about you, your background, and your family. So my name is Alyssa, and I have been married to my husband for almost seven years. Um, his name is Tyler, and he's a dentist. And um, we moved to Abingdon about five years ago, actually this month. And um, that was the time that I stopped working to stay at home with my youngest daughter, Tinley. Since then, we've had a second daughter. Her name is Landry, and um, I'm enjoying staying home with both of them. Back before I had children, I was a school counselor, so this is a little different, but kind of the same. Very good. Very good. Okay, so let's get rolling. First off, I have to ask, have you always been someone to keep your space uh, clean and tidy? Like, I don't like to use the word neat freak. I think that's, I want to be like neat hero. Have you always been a neat hero? Like, were you the type of child that always had a place for your toys and your things and kept your dorm room clean and all of that? So yes and no. Growing up, um, I grew up with um, my mom who is opposite of me. Her personality is different. Um, she is way more laid back, which is great because she had three kids and she needed to be. Um, but our home was always very clean, but things were cluttered a lot of the time. We held on to things. Um, Things were uh, not in their place, I guess, as I would see it. So my room, yes, was very neat usually, but um, some other areas in our house and shared areas were not, and it didn't really bother me. Um, I kept my room tidy, and I felt like that was a place for me to be, but the rest of the house didn't stick out to me as being cluttered until I went away to college, and um, that's when I started probably turning into a neat freak. Now, are you also someone that keeps an organized day planner? Kind of. I do keep a day planner and it is organized. It's slightly color-coded, but it's not to an extreme <laughs> like you would see people who really do planners. I just, I have to write it down now after two children to remember to get things done. Okay, good. Phew, there's hope for me because I yes. did not have a completely organized day planner. Yes. No. But I wanted to mention, you know, thinking about having three children, I just have two, you have two. I mean, children just have stuff. They have so and, much stuff. And so, you know, it's like a home can definitely be clean, but when there's three little, you know, 
happy, happy hurricanes, happy bombs running around, exploding things everywhere, it is hard to keep things in its place. It is, yes. It would be impossible to have three Landry's running around, that's for sure. (laughs) Okay, we have to take a quick caveat. What is your Enneagram number? So I am a one, I'm pretty sure, with a two wing. Did that stick out to you pretty clearly when you took that test? Um, yes. I think I I looked at it and I was going between a one and a three, but I'm pretty sure that most of my personality traits lie in the one. And then my two wing was very high, and I think that's where my counseling background came in to play. Absolutely. And you're a fabulous mother, so that two wing is, is real good for that. Yes. Let's talk about what it looks like to keep our house clean over the course of a week. Now, I have a great freebie for all our listeners, and I want to thank you so much, Alyssa, for kind of helping me put these pieces together. But in the show notes, there's going to be a printer-friendly, downloadable, a weekly checklist um, for folks to use after hearing this podcast. Um, but I kind of want to hear how um, you do your weekly cleaning, because some people, you know, Saturday morning, they batch the whole house. Or, um, and then other people do a little bit each day. So I'd love to hear um, what it looks like for you. So I follow a weekly cleaning schedule because I don't do well on Saturday or Sunday when my husband's home and we're all together as a family trying to get cleaning done then because I want to spend family time. I don't want to spend all of my day cleaning the house. So I try to designate a day for each task and um, complete that task every day. So my week generally looks like this. Mondays I do big item laundry, so all of the bedding and the towels and the things that just take time in the washer and dryer. I spend my day doing that and replacing sheets on beds and things um, to that nature. And then on Tuesdays I clean my bathrooms and this probably takes me the longest. It takes me about an hour and I try to get it done in the morning so it's not looming over my head all day while my children are in preschool. And um, I clean all the bathrooms that day. Wednesdays, I try to clean my kitchen and I do that after dinner because it gets me really upset when I've spent time cleaning my kitchen and then we have dinner and it's ruined. That's a good point. So you wait to do your Wednesday chores, which is your kitchen, until the evening. Until the evening, yes. Just It makes me feel better that it's clean for like 12 hours. So mm-hmm. let me pause you there. So you basically, if I think about like what a weekly schedule would look like, on Mondays, you're pretty much home. All day, yep. And so that's why you're able to do something like laundry because you're close by. Yes. And then on Wednesdays, it could potentially be a busy time during the day. Yes. And generally on Wednesdays, we do our mops, mothers of preschoolers, and I have planning meetings and play dates. And those are, and Bible studies also on Wednesday. So those are the days when I'm not in the house very often during the day. Okay, great. What about Thursday? So on Thursday, I um, work on my floors, I vacuum and mop on Thursdays, and that's just the downstairs floor. Um, Upstairs, I generally vacuum and mop the floors when I'm cleaning the bathrooms upstairs because the majority of our bathrooms are on the second floor, and that way I'm not walking up and down the stairs. Absolutely. And then Fridays, I do dusting and generally like a pickup, and that's when my oldest daughter is home from preschool, and she is responsible for cleaning up her toys in her playroom. So that is her job, and I kind of help her facilitate that, making sure everything gets back into the playroom where it has migrated during the week. Absolutely. I love how you kind of created that that flow. Did it, did it take a while to figure out which days certain chores should go on? It did, and it changes pretty often depending on what our schedule is like. 
So this year I've started out with that schedule and it's working well for us because Tuesdays and Thursdays are the days that my youngest daughter is in preschool and I can spend a larger amount of time um, working on a task. So it's kind of a mix of uh, cleaning by room and cleaning by type of chore. Yes, a mix. exactly. I do both um, cleaning by room and type of chore. When I do the floors, I'm clearly covering multiple rooms, but when I designate bathrooms, I'm only cleaning bathrooms. So every day, I load my dishes at night and run the dishwasher through the night and then unload the dishwasher first thing in the morning or right after preschool drop-off so that my dishwasher's empty and I can throw things in as the day goes on. Also, every day, except for Monday, when I'm already working on bulk laundry, I do a load of laundry. Kids' laundry, adult laundry, whites, delicates, different things. That is just the one load. And I throw it in in the morning and then usually put things in the dryer um, after it's done and then fold in the afternoon during nap time. And that way, your laundry chore isn't so big. Yes, it would be very daunting to do all of the laundry for our family on one day. Let me ask you this. Do you fold as it comes out of the dryer, or do you do a laundry mountain fold? Generally, on Mondays, when I'm working on laundry, I do a general mountain fold with all the sheets and the towels. Every other day, I just fold as it comes out of the dryer. Sometimes it stays in the dryer for a few hours. Mm -hmm. So I tend to buy wrinkle-free clothes because I'm not ironing. That's the one <laughs> chore I don't do. Uh, but generally, I fold as it comes out of the dryer and then put it away after nap time if my children are out of their rooms or before I go to bed if it's my laundry. I just carry it up the stairs and leave it in my room, and right before I go to bed, I'll put it all away. Awesome. Okay, so then I had to ask, how do you organize all your cleaning supplies? Like, Do you have a closet on each floor? Um, because, you know, sometimes I might be upstairs and like, oh, my broom is downstairs in the cleaning closet. And, you know, that's just annoying to have to go downstairs. So how do you keep it all together or separate? So I'll say this. As a number one, I enjoy getting appliances as gifts. So I have several vacuum cleaners that bring me lots of joy. And I store one on the first floor and one on the second floor because I don't like to carry the vacuum up and down the stairs. That's just something that does not bring me much joy. So I do have two of those, one in a closet on each floor. But my general cleaning supplies I keep in a Dollar Tree tote under my kitchen sink. And that way I can just carry it around with me. It has all of my clean cleaning rags and my cleaning supplies in it together. And it just goes with me to whatever room I'm cleaning. Very good. Okay, I like that idea of just having it all in one neat and tidy place. Yes. That's a good idea. In, in the past, I've kind of tried to keep, um, you know, like an all-purpose spray and things like that in each of the rooms, but then I find that they're stolen and then they are spread out. That hasn't worked for me. They never stay where they're supposed to be, and you always run out of one somewhere and take it to the next place, and then you're walking to find it again. That's exactly what happens. Okay, so let's talk about each week um, having kind of bonus tasks because we all know besides just general cleaning and maintenance, there are those other things that come up. So talk to me about bonus tasks. So yes, I do a bonus area every week and it depends on the season of the year what my bonus task might be. So during the months of January, February, and March, I do a decluttering bonus task okay. to get rid of extra junk that has accumulated everywhere when you have children or any anybody you just add stuff you don't know how it gets there but you 
find it. Well, and after the holidays, you kind of had a new fresh wave yes. of maybe things that you're replacing and uh, exactly. new, new gifts and things like that. Yes, for sure. So um, January through March, I do a decluttering task, and that bonus area is the whole week. And so I'll focus on a room or a thing. So I'll focus on either like the laundry room or the kitchen. And one area per week is what I do. Oh, that's a good idea. So you're only doing the the, the task of the week. So yes. if you're decluttering the laundry room, you're not doing a cabinet in the kitchen. Not usually, no. Okay. Not unless I see something that's really, really needed right at that very <laughs> second. My bonus task in April and May follows... A spring cleaning type vibe so it'll be cleaning all the windows cleaning under the couch cleaning cushions laundering drapes things that you only do once or twice a year things that are not super important for daily cleaning do you incorporate these bonus tasks on like a light day generally yes a day that I'm gonna be home a larger portion of the day Probably Monday would be my main day to incorporate them because laundry, you know, you're switching in and out. It's not something that you're spending solid blocks of time on. Absolutely. And then um, in June, July, and August, I work on outside chores. So in the garage, getting rid of broken outside toys from the children, making sure decorations are put away. Um, I work on pressure washing, sidewalk, just random outside tasks. And then in September through November, I kind of do like a repeat of spring cleaning, but it's fall cleaning. And I go back through my spring cleaning tasks to make sure everything is ready for Christmas decorations to go up. One thing I always kind of forget to do until it's like, oh, this is overdue, is dusting the um, dusting the shutters. Yes. And, and the blinds. Yes. So when would you do that? I would do that during the spring cleaning and the fall cleaning and then... If I saw an area that looked like problematic, I would go back and just wipe it really quickly during the rest of the year. Um, I actually did that last weekend. I was looked up and I saw a fan and I was like, oh, this is time for this. And I got on my vacuum and I vacuumed the top of the fan because it needed to be done. Totally. Great. Oh, and then December, I don't have a task. Um, December, we focus on family and there's a lot going on in December. I'm back and forth to the kids' preschool a lot for programs and wrapping gifts, doing that kind of thing. So December is just my normal weekly task. I don't add anything on top of that. I like that because you've kind of done the work through the whole year. Yes. And so you almost get a little bit of a break from yes. home duties because you get to enjoy all the work you've done. Yes, for sure. Okay, I want to go back a little bit to, you mentioned decluttering. Mm -hmm. So I do really well in some areas of decluttering. And it's, but it seems like I start off so motivated and gung ho, and then somewhere I get tired and I never quite finish. So, talk to us about finding a good flow in that decluttering phase. So, and I've been decluttering, I've been actively decluttering for about five years. I started when we moved for the first move, um, decluttering our house before we had to pack everything up. And I did it all, it all at once. And I found that was too much. So at that time, I decided that once or twice a year, I would just spend a little bit of time in a certain room or area each week. And I could get it done that way and not burn myself out. Because if you're like me and you spend hours and hours and hours every day, you're going to get tired. And you're not going to want to finish. Um, so I've, I've started to 
weekly declutter, but only spend a few minutes every day doing one particular area in a room. And I'll finish that room and the next week I'll move on. Where I find people a lot of times get discouraged is when they get to an area that is really, really in need of decluttering and there's just so much. They're so overwhelmed and they don't feel like they can do it. To those people, I would say skip that room and come back after you have succeeded throughout the rest of your house. Because the more you do and the more successful you are, you're going to be motivated to go back and finish a hard space. And for most people, that hard space is their closet. Oh, absolutely. It is very hard to get rid of clothes. And I'm not a person who holds on to things, but I also have a hard time with my closet. Now, when you go into a room, like if you have a walk-in closet, Mm -hmm. or I know for some people, laundry room can kind of turn into a little bit of a storage room. Yes. Because it has high cabinets or whatnot. Is there a certain direction that you start cleaning in, like the back corner or the top shelf? Yes, so I generally start out like on Monday or whatever day I'm starting and I go into the cabinets or above the cabinets and then I work my way down. So then I'll do cabinets, I'll do drawers and countertops and then I'll do below the washer and dryer and then the floor because you don't want to just move things around and I find a lot of times if you're getting the floor cleared out of all the junk, And then you go back and you get stuff from the cabinets, then you might be more inclined to leave stuff scattered around. Absolutely. I find even that if I'm working, depending on the spaces, if I have like a pile near the door and I do the pile near the door first and then I go into the room, well, then there's another pile near the door. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Not good. Not good. All right. Let's talk about containers because I know that the right kind of containers can really help keep a room tidy and decluttered. But my issue is making good buying decisions about the containers. Cause I'll bring a couple random containers home. They may or may not work. And then I'm like, well, I just wasted $30 on these containers that are not working. So talk to me about containers. Yeah. So I think most decluttering experts would tell you to go through your space and get rid of the things that you're not using and then reorganize your space based on how you will use it. Then make yourself a list of the containers that you need to make the space functional and go buy them. So you need to wait until you're finished before you really buy. Because if you go buy, you're gonna buy too much or it's not gonna be the right size to fit the things that you're trying to store or it's not gonna be functional for the type of things that you're storing. Um, So you should probably wait till the end to buy the containers um, and then you might know a little bit more what your needs are for the space. That is excellent advice because I know the last time I bought containers, I bought them first and I did make two good decisions, but then there was another one that was like completely not usable. Yes. Do you have a favorite place to either purchase containers from or a favorite type of container? Generally, I purchase containers from the Dollar Tree and a lot of people on YouTube, you can watch videos of how to Dollar Tree organize. It just is more economical because I find, especially with young children, I am reorganizing spaces to fit different needs frequently. And if I'm only spending a dollar on these containers, then I don't feel bad repurchasing for different needs. Whereas if I spend 10 or $15 on really nice containers, then I I feel bad about getting rid of them and then that they become clutter themselves because I'm holding on to them. 
I mean, but can you blame me about those $15 containers no. at Target? They're, they're so, so cute. cute. They're so cute. And I have bought a few nicer piece containers, like one to hold our throw blankets in the living room, different things like wicker baskets, because they're going to be seen and they're things that I know that will function for us for a while. But for the most part, if it's going to be in a cabinet or a drawer, I'm probably going to get it from the Dollar Tree. That is very good advice. Very good advice. Okay, so it's all over social media right now. Are you watching the Netflix series Tidying Up with Marie Kondo? So I watched the first two episodes, and it's very interesting to me. I am mesmerized by the different types of people that are on the show and the different ways that they find to get rid of their things, especially the lady with the Christmas decorations, because I have a lot of Christmas decorations oh. also. But it was really interesting to me the way that she held on to them and kept them out all the time. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've been really, really mesmerized by that show. Now, I've heard you mention that you don't really feel a lot of sentimental attachment to a lot of things, so it's not hard for you to let things go. So, are you kind of using a little bit of subconscious spark joy method? Possibly. I don't really think of it quite that way, the spark joy. I think of it more in the, is it functional to me? And I tend to ask myself, have I used it in the last six months? Mm -hmm. Do I have a plan to use it in the next six months? And if I haven't, then it goes. That's really good. Have I used it? Am I going to use it? I like the spark joy. And then also taking from the minimalists, they have a rule that's like their 2020 rule. Yes. They say that if they can buy it again for $20 or less, and it will take them 20 minutes or less to like go out and purchase it again, then they actually let it go. I think that's a great idea. Um, I feel like I do that a lot with baby things, which is probably my most sentimental item. It's really hard for me to get rid of baby gear, you know, your bouncy seats, your totally. pack in place, that kind of thing. And so I actually worked my way around it in my mind, I guess, and I loan out my baby gear to friends and family so that then I can get it back. But I don't feel bad that no one's using it. Someone's benefiting from it. It's being used and it's not clutter in my house. I love that you mentioned that you lend your, your bigger items out because I think a lot of us have bigger items that are in our attic or hung up in our garage. And I think just kind of being a little bit more sustainable, helping people be a little bit better with their budget, I think it's an incredible thing to be generous and to loan out your big items. Like something like a high chair or a bouncy seat or I don't know, um, maybe something that you're only gonna use once or twice a year. Instead of a friend having to buy that item, it's a great thing to just let them borrow it. Yes. If you have a friend that will return. Yes. You just make sure you know who has it. So you judgment. Can, if you need it back one day, you can get it. <laughs> All right. Now, as we're purging or decluttering, letting go, bringing new things in, talk about donation because I love to donate my items. I love to give items away. But what I find is that I have this ever-growing pile of donations in my garage. What do you do to keep your donation pile under control? So if I'm in the, the uh, winter decluttering or the fall decluttering, I tend to take my donations at the end of every week. For me, it's not a big issue to go back through and want to pull things out, but for others that may be a little more sentimental, if you leave that pile there, you're more likely to go out and grab things from it. So I try to take it when I'm finished with a task. So when I finish with the room or the area that I'm working on, I take my donations and get them out and I even store them in the back of my car like during the week so that 
if I have a second while I'm out, I can run by and donate. That's a great idea. In our town, the place where I donate is right near the grocery store. So that would be a great idea just when, when I have my pile, just put it in the car. Yes, put it in the car and get rid of it. For the rest of the year, when I'm only decluttering or getting rid of smaller things that I just see or things that just pop up, I keep a bin, like a 36-gallon tote out in my garage that says donations on it, and I have a little list taped to the top, and I write what I put in it, and then I take it when that bin gets full. And it's just one tote, so it's not going to hold a ton, but it may be a month before I have to take it. Awesome. Okay, last question about cleaning. So let's say I have my cleaning schedule. It's set, um, but maybe it's been a busy week. I haven't been able to do everything, and then I get a last-minute phone call that friends are stopping by in 10 minutes. Yay. <laughs> and it looks like, you know, just general day-to-day -day living. I mean, we live at our house 24 seven. So how do I maximize a quick 10 minute tidy up? So first, I'm sure you would already have your diffuser going, but first I would start my diffuser and get a nice smell. Cause that probably Great. changes <laughs> people's perception of things. And then I would grab a big laundry basket and I would run through the visible areas of your space and I would throw everything that is junk or it's not supposed to be there in that laundry basket and I would shove it in a closet. That's a good idea. That's yes. a good idea. So next I would fold my blankets on the couch and put my pillows up because you know your children have thrown them in the floor. Absolutely. Yep. So that will make your living area look neat and tidy. And after that, I would wipe down my bathroom really well. Um, just get a Norwex cloth or a wipe and just wipe it down with water so that it appears to have been cleaned recently. And um, last, I would wipe down my kitchen countertops and throw all of my dishes in the dishwasher. Oh! Don't rinse them. Just throw them in there and close the door. It's like a dirty little secret. Yes. Nobody's going to open your dishwasher, hopefully. And um, that way you can have a, the appearance illusion, I guess, of a very tidied up space. The key to this is after they're gone, you have to take that basket that you shoved in your closet and put things back in the places they belong. Don't just throw them back on the floor or leave them in the closet. Just take them back to where they belong and then your house kind of is tidy. And then what do you say when your friends come in like me and I'm like, it's so clean here. <laughs> Thank you so much. Lisa, are you up for a game? Yes. I know that you love Disney World. Approximately how many visits have you made there? Well, since my five-year-old was born, we have been six times, and we're going on our very first Disney cruise in Ooh. about a month, so that should be interesting. Um, we haven't been quite as much this last year because my younger daughter travels well but does not sleep at all when she's not in her room, so we've only been once since she was born. I totally understand. That will, it will pass. <laughs> yes, but I went... It, probably once a year most of my life growing up with my family um, that's where we took most of our family vacations so it has been a really fun part of my whole childhood that's wonderful I love that you're keeping that going with your own children super fun okay so we are gonna play Disney mash Ooh. so think about all your favorite Disney movies and your experiences at you know the Disney World so um, the first thing I want to ask is three of your favorite Disney settings 
So maybe the setting of a movie. So it could be like Arabian Nights or it could be where Anna and Elsa live. Just what are your three favorite settings? Hmm. The castle in Beauty and the Beast. The underwater world of Little Mermaid. The kitchen in Paris that Ratatouille is in. Okay, three modes of transportation. So any way that the characters get from one place to the other. Magic carpet, Dumbo, Kristoff, and Anna's sled. Very good. Okay, your three favorite Disney homes or dwellings. Okay. I love the Anna and Elsa castle, the Lady in the Tramp house, Moana's Island, I feel like I've just picked Moana for everything. I know, right? I try not to say Moana for everything because it's definitely my favorite. Okay, here you go. Last one. You have three picks for a Disney BFF. Mm. Which characters would be your BFFs? Moana, Minnie Mouse, Belle. Let me ask you this bonus question. If you could pick one Disney either franchise or standalone movie to have an addition either to the series or a a perfect sequel. It would be executed perfectly. What would you like to see? It has to be Moana. All right, here is your Disney mash. Okay. So for the sequel of Moana, this is kind of like Mad Libs and Mash together. It actually works out that your Disney BFF is Moana. Sweet. So that's perfect. However, your mode of transportation will be a magic carpet, and instead of living on the big island, you will actually be living underwater in the Little Mermaid's underwater world. Wow. However, your house is going to be Anna and Elsa's castle. Wow. (laughs) This seems like a great movie. This is going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be so good. (laughs) Couple last quick fire questions. Okay. What are you reading or listening to right now? So I'm listening to the Rise podcast, the Holderness Family podcast, and I'm reading the um, Armor of God by Priscilla Shriver for our Bible study. Very good. Awesome. What is your favorite essential oil? My favorite mix is Breathe. I've loved it from the very beginning. And my favorite throw in the diffuser blend is peppermint, lavender, and lemon. Lovely. Lovely. I actually have been loving Breathe as well. Breathe has always been my favorite. The smell I love, it makes me feel better. I really like Breathe. Did you know that there is a shower diffuser? No. And you can put the Breathe in your shower. Really? I put it in some shower petals that go in the bottom. Yes. But I've never done the diffuser. I'll send you a link. Okay. What is the last thing you Amazon primed? Shampoo and conditioner. Very good. And if you could go back in time and give advice to your younger self, what would you tell her? To relax and try to be less rigid. The children have really brought out a little bit more, I'm not going to say I'm flexible, but a little bit more flexibility in my day-to-day. That's wonderful. Alyssa, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. That's all we have for today. Don't forget, if you would like me to donate $5 in your honor to Love Does or Preemptive Love Coalition, please leave a review for the Small Cleanup Podcast over on iTunes. And don't forget to download your cleaning checklist worksheet in the show notes. Just click the link. Thank you, friends. Stay strong. Be kind. Bye-bye.